As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Felt like it was coming. Sad day. It really is a sad day. Um, when you look at kind of who Tom was and what he meant to a lot of people, there's a lot of former players and stuff, you know, coming out, showing their support. Awesome man. When I was a student at IU and and did a lot of work for the athletic department and the student sections and stuff, um, you know, Tom always felt comfortable giving me a few minutes. He never, never big time me. I don't think he ever big timed anyone. Um, yeah, it, I think it sucks. You felt really good in 2020 you felt like you had real momentum you were stacking good seasons and good classes and you got the extension and we're like all right that you know this is what programs do you you reward guys that do well and guys that win games then you got an extension and you won three big 10 games in your next three seasons you went three and 24 in in league play and i get it you, you want good guys and you want to develop good guys on and off the field, all that stuff. I think all of that stuff is still true. And I think all of that stuff is what they'll say for the press conference for the next guy. But his job is to win football games. And unfortunately, you can blame a million different factors. You can blame assistants. You can blame players. You can blame budgets, whatever. Tom's job is to win football games. And he didn't do enough of that the last three seasons. Yeah, it's, you know, something where – yeah, I, IU is facing a buyout. In this, details have not come out on on the buyout. If there were, if it was negotiated down or stuff like this, but it was time to to move on. And and you know, it, it is a, a sad day because everybody thought that Tom Allen was going to be that guy, the next Bill Mallory, to to be here to win games, to kind of turn the program around, and he did for a while. Um, and then it just came to a shocking crashing halt after the 2021 season or even to start the 2021 season. And, you know, he just, he just couldn't recapture that magic. And, um, you know, th there are people who are celebrating and happy and all that. Stuff. And I just think that's the wrong way to go about it in, in terms of, you know, bashing a, a coach on his way out. Um, you know, you'll look back in 10 or 15 years and, and say that, hey, Tom Allen did some really good stuff. He brought stability to the program. He's here for seven years. He, he gave that program a little bit of an identity. They lost that identity and never could regain it. But, you know, he, he made people care about Indiana football. And, yeah, by the end of his tenure, it, it started going sour and, and you had to move on. But Looking back, it, it's it's uh, you know it's what happened. You got to figure diagnose what happened, why it happened so quickly, and how do you fix it? So, with that question, Alex, going forward, um, what does IU need to do? I I think uh, we talk about it at length. I think first of all, again, you don't want people to lose your job, and I'll finally show it. I think I've mentioned it on a couple different podcasts, but. I have this this picture of uh, Tom. I think this was his uh, first or I think his first full-time season as head coach. I was a student, but 
uh, worked for the athletic department. So he, you know, would run by the student section every game. So somebody had them or him sign this for me and, you know, frame that when I graduated. So um, I'll leave it up, but you know, that's a good, a good memory, a good thing I have. So, you know, I'm mixed emotions today, but um, what I will say, I think you've paid now the third largest buyout in the history of college football to make this move. So that in itself shows you're more serious than I probably thought you were going to be. We had heard rumblings of this happening a couple of weeks ago um, or the decision being made a couple of weeks ago. But in my mind, I was like, there's still no way we're going to come up with $20 million plus probably to make this move and the assistance and all that stuff. So, you know, I guess in that aspect itself, it, that shows a little bit of signs of uh, some seriousness. We'll see now. Now you have to get it right. And most athletic directors don't get to make three football hires. So, you know, we'll see what happens here. I know he kind of inherited Tom, but we'll see. I have no idea. But for me, I think we'll talk about our hot board that we've published on HoosierHuddle.com right now. So if you want to check that out while you're listening or following along on Twitter, um, those are candidates we feel pretty comfortable with, including on there, both from like a realistic standpoint and maybe some stuff kind of floating around. But I think hiring somebody that has been a head coach for, for like before is a must for me. I get there are attractive coordinators and seems like Mississippi state are going to hire Oklahoma's offensive coordinator. Uh, Oregon's having a ton of success with Georgia's former defensive coordinator stuff like that. But you got to have a guy that's run a program before and has done it. Well, Indiana's not really a place. I don't think to try to learn how to be a head coach. There are a lot of challenges stacked up against you as we've covered at length before. So I do think you need a guy that has been a head coach before. I think it's critical. I think especially in today's age and era of the portal and NIL, you're already seeing current IU players talking about, should I stay or should I go? You need a guy that's been a head coach before. There's just too much stuff for Indiana football that goes on that I think you need a guy that's been a head coach before. So I'll stop there. I think for me, that's probably my one a and my one B is somebody that knows how to run good offense. Um, don't want a defensive guy. Love Kane Womack. Do not want Kane Womack. I want a offensive first prior head coach, preferably that has won or been at a big school. Yeah. You know, you look, you look at our, our hot board and there's some of those names on there and, and, uh, you know, they're in different categories and it's hard to depict it, you know, know what I use budget is and, and all that stuff. But, you know, for me, it's the head coach. And I think Dylan Powell said this um, on Twitter today as well. It, it does not all fall on the head coach at Indiana. And if you go back to the history of Indiana football, I think the last coach to leave with a winning record was um, either Bo McMillan or, uh, John Pont, and it, it, that was a long time ago. Uh, so for me, it's I want a coach who's been a head coach who knows how to be a CEO of the program, um, who embraces the NIL and, and portal era. Now, you don't have to love it or say, Oh, I'm pro, like, just know how to use it and, and know how to work it and, and things like that. Also, 
I need to see a commitment to facilities, a commitment to assistant coaching pools, um, you know, and, and we go back back all the time, a, a commitment to actually building the program and giving the next coach the tools that he'll need uh, to, to build the program, whether that's scheduling, um, facilities, new press box, new indoor, uh, new indoor building, all that stuff, um, marketing the program, bringing, you know, game day atmosphere to, to Bloomington. Look, I was at Purdue yesterday and I was blown away that they had 50 some odd thousand people at that game. It, it was a battle of three and eight teams going nowhere under a first year head coach with Ryan Walters, all these people who say, "Ah, oh, it's Thanksgiving break. Well, the Purdue students were there, um, you know, and as annoying as that stupid train whistle is, they create atmosphere with it. They have a, uh, you know, a tradition of the shout tradition in between the third and fourth quarter. So it, this is a program overhaul. This is just not a coaching staff overhaul. It needs to be a program overhaul. And I want a head coach who comes in and says, this is what I need. And I'm going to take this job if you know it. I'm only taking this job if you do this, this, and this. And it doesn't have to be in year one. It could be in year two, three, four, but announce that, hey, we have a plan in place. We have a vision for Indiana football. Otherwise, it's going to be the same old, same old. You're going to have um, you have the reputation of being a graveyard for coaches, and your athletic department needs to change that. I, why, why can't IU be successful at football is the big question that the athletic department needs to answer and figure out answers to. So it's more than just a head coach and we'll get into that. But I, yeah, I want a head coach who's an offensive guy who knows how to run a program as a whole and is given enough money to go get coordinators. Um, Cause we saw what Tom Allen did with two good coordinators. You saw in 2019 and 2020 uh, under DeBoer and Kane Womack, uh, what the offensive defense did. So that that's, I mean, that's the role. Go structure your football program to be successful. Yep. Yeah, I think it it's probably a more attractive job now than it, it has been, honestly. I think we were talking a little bit, um, you know, over the past couple of days about where the floor of Indiana football is now and should the next next guy that comes in here be a floor raiser or a ceiling pusher. And to me, I think Tom Allen has raised the floor of Indiana football. I, I think he's shown you can bring in talented transfer classes. He's shown you can bring in top 30 high school classes um, with a, a schedule next year that has eight home games. You lose the divisions, more money than ever, more eyes on TV than ever. I honestly do think it's, it's more attractive to, to most than some people will think. And now the challenge is you have to get it right. And we haven't seen a ton of instances so far of, of being able to do that with the current administration, but it only takes one hire really to, to fix it and get it right. Indiana. It also takes one hire to blow it up. And we've seen that too. Well, I mean, I think at that point we're comfortable there. So I don't, uh, I don't think we uh, need one hire to, to keep us down there, but so, Alex, we got a, a comment in the uh, in the comment section from Devin uh, saying Tom Allen needed to go. He's buying season tickets for next year, whoever it is, uh, though I'm super excited now. And um, 
that that was that was part part, yeah that was part of the reason uh to do it is that you know you you could not go through another year of what we've been calling zombie football and you'd go through with uh you know 20,000 the same 20,000 fans who've been in the stands and you're starting to lose those people um and things like that so it does – you have an opportunity here to create excitement for Indiana football. It does not guarantee anything. does not guarantee success. It does not guarantee failure. You have an opportunity at a crossroads here to to change, in the, you know, the trajectory of Indiana football. And we'll see where, where they go. But that's a good point for Devin. I'm excited now. I'm in. We're, we're getting season tickets and all that stuff. Yeah, you had to you had to do it. And we talked about that, the 20 million or whatever. Indiana can afford that money. And for people that are gonna say, oh my gosh, 20 million dollars for football, blah, blah, blah. I'm not even talking about the basketball people. The athletic department money is separate is this is separate money that they get separately from donors or their other funds. So this is not like this is pulling away from upgrades to the library. And even if it was, who gives a shit? Just, you know, I want to win and we want to win. Um, but yeah, you know, Devin, you're, you're right. Devin, um, had to be done. We talked about 20 million, the cost of, of doing that now or deferred payments or whatever versus. Well, technically it was 25, 25 million. Good for it's, it, Good yeah, for- it's interesting here. We don't know the details. Um, the, there was no, uh, you know, official announcement as of yet from the IU athletic department in terms of a press release. They did not have a press conference yet. Um, it was just announced that he will not return in 2024. So I don't know if there's some accounting going on where, Hey, that buyout drops at, at, at December 1st on Friday, we'll make the official official announcements. Um, but we did have a university source confirm that he will not return in 2024. Uh, and who knows if they negotiated that buyout down even more and stuff like that. So that'll be interesting to see when it comes out. So people, you know, freaking out over 25 or $20 million. We'll see what the official number is. And hey, look, Tom Allen is a really good defensive coach. He turned a terrible defense in 2016 around, was the reason they went to the Foster Farms Bowl. Um, so, you know, he, he will get another job if he wants one. Uh, somewhere so that 20 million it, it's not like they're writing a giant check here's 20 million dollars you know don't spend it all in one place it's in installments and you know now you're you're starting to get deposits for season tickets and, and all that stuff you know we'll see what the final number is but it's sometimes you have to spend money to make money and win yeah yeah, you have to. That's the only constant in the history of college athletics. And like most things in life, you get what you pay for, right? And say whatever you want, but unfortunately, that's that's how it works. So, um, yeah, it's a pivotal couple weeks now. I think you'd be crazy not to think they've probably put feelers out for guys already and had conversations with guys. That's normally how this works. Um, I'm just catching up on stuff, but Last night, like Dave Doran, who's a really good coach at NC State, uh, who makes over $5 million a year, is asking for 5,000 fans to donate $1,000 each so they can recruit, retain, and develop their roster. Um, So 
that was in in Tom's closing press conference yesterday, which I I felt bad listening to. Um, it was pretty whether he knew he was done or not, we don't know. We don't know if he he was given the news before the game or prior. Um, but it's a huge two weeks because you essentially have to re-recruit your roster now, which is what Alan talked about. You're going to see a ton of guys going to the portal before bowl games. Um, but yeah, all of that, our current roster aside, there's, I think, pieces you can build around, but you can't know ill will if any of those guys leave, obviously, with the coaching changes or just in general. But it's a very important time, and I think that's why you had to do it now rather than wait if the buyout dropped another 5 million or whatever, you gotta, you gotta let a guy get in here as soon as possible and either bring guys from his school, find new coaches, hit the portal, try to keep guys on our roster. Now um, it's way too early for, for that, I think. Um, and there's too many guys that will be available and all that good stuff. But, um, but I don't know. I, I think there's just, there's a lot of stuff. Um, yeah, Alex, I want to get back to some comments in our, our feed here. Will Fessler uh, asked about, uh, have we seen Dylan Powell's tweets? We we talked about those a little bit to recap. Yeah, we, we agree. It, this needs to be, this is an opportunity for Indiana to change the course of football. And it's not just the head coach. It's can they get all the other stuff in place, a pool for assistance, um, facility upgrades, Stadium upgrades and look, I I might be biased. I I IU needs a new press box. <laughs> That's and, and I know it, it might just be hey for me, but I also think that just the look of the stadium uh, and, and things like that it, it go a long way. But yeah, it, it's you can't. It's not just a a head coach, a head coaching job um, and, and switch. We we've seen to to quote all the IU football fans, we've seen that movie before. We've seen the coaching change. We've seen that. And guess what? It always ends the same way. It ends up with the guy, you know, either being relieved of his duties or for whatever other reason. Unfortunately, Coach Hep's case, he, he passed away. But it, it always ends the same way. And it, it's never a guy leaving on his own, uh, you know, on his own. So it, it's a big opportunity for Indiana to, to get this right. And then another question from, from Devin, I think, Quick one. I did. Uh, I did ask Dylan if he wants to join this. So we'll see if he uh, gets back to us. But, um, but yeah. Anyway. Yeah, and, and then another question from Devin. I think this is the million dollar question or the twenty million dollar question. Alex, who do we want? You know, he really likes Chuck Martin over at Miami of Ohio. Um, but who, who's if you were making this decision, who's your choice? If right now I had to pick, again, I'm going for a guy that has – you've had to have been a, a head coach to me. You, you just have had to have done it. Um, I don't hate Chuck Martin. He's familiar with the state, which I think all of that's overrated anyway, but he's been in a big program in Notre Dame. He's had pretty good success at Miami, Ohio, which is a tough job. If you can consistently win at one of those kind of bottom half max schools, I think you're a pretty good coach, and he's been able to do that. So – he was on the hot seat a few years ago. It seemed to turn it around, but the Mac is tough because honestly, like two or three players that you hit on, you can kind of change the whole dynamic of the conference. So it's not, 
necessarily an indication of how good you are at building a roster, but I think that he would be underwhelming if Chuck Martin is the guy after you pay the third highest buyout in the history of college football. I think that's pretty, that's pretty Indiana, honestly. Um, I think you start with Willie Fritz at Tulane. I think he would be my absolute top candidate. Um, he's, he's stacking success at this point. He would recruit the South. Well, um, he's got kind of a, a, a system. You can tell, they know what they want and they know what they want to get. Obviously, Michael Pratt, their quarterback, is a really good player. But, um, you know, he's kind of now that he's established himself uh, at Tulane in the last two years, he's done really well there. Um, beat the crap out of the USC in the Cotton Bowl. But they gave him a lot of time and he, they've been patient. And the last two years, they're 12 and 2 and 11 and 1. So, um, you know, I think he would be one. Uh, Jamie Chadwell at Liberty, I think, might be higher on my list maybe than Fritz, honestly. Um, was at Coastal Carolina and then now at uh, now at uh, Liberty. Um, he left left uh, Coastal after having a really, really good run of success there as kind of the mid-major darling for a few years at Coastal. Um, and then this year at Liberty, he's 12-0. So last three years, he's – or four years going back to his time at Coastal – he was 11 and one, 11 and two, nine and three, and then 12 and oh this year at Liberty. So um, I, I, that's a really, really good run of success. He's a uh, offensive minded guy. Again, I think you'd have a system and an identity pretty quickly. And I think he's the kind of guy that punching up a weight class, moving up into a bigger conference. I think he's the kind of guy that can sell transfers and recruits on this is my system. My system works. You're going to make me even better at my system. And I think he could be a guy that could flip the roster over pretty quickly. A um, bunch of other guys. I think the two, I do want to spend some time talking about Sammy. And I think ones that a lot of people are going to be surprised that are on our hot board are Pat Fitzgerald, longtime Northwestern coach. And then Paul Christ, longtime Wisconsin coach, obviously both had, Decent success. Chris was really successful at Wisconsin for a stretch there. Uh, Fitzgerald kind of up and down and then, you know, the forced resigning or firing, whatever. But I think I could talk myself into Paul Christ. I do not think I could talk myself into Pat Fitzgerald. Yeah. Um, you know, to, to, to go back to the other guys too, you got to realize that there are going to be other bigger power five jobs opening. Like Jamie, Florida is probably going to open next year. And if you're Jamie Chadwell, Liberty is a pretty good job. You're really going to go. And, and this goes back to the overall question. Can you get the resources to be successful at Indiana uh, from the athletic department and, and fans and all that stuff? Why, why take the Indiana job if you figure Florida is going to open up next year and you're going to be, you know, a, a candidate there and, and things like that? There are going to be – we've seen it. it. Jobs open all the time at bigger – uh, bigger things. I think Jamie Jordan brought up two two other names we didn't have on our hot board, but who've had success. Jed Fish at Arizona. Um, again, Arizona's like IU, uh, basketball first, football second, and he's turned that program around. Jake Dickert um, over at Washington State. They nearly knocked off Washington yesterday. Uh, they're a program in limbo. Uh, they're they're without a conference and stuff like that. Um, you know, uh, Fish, I think Fish played played quarterback at Arizona. 
Um, yeah. He was quarterback so, coach for the Patriots for a while. Yeah, they've been good this year. Yeah, we had we had Justin we have Justin Fry on our hot board too. Uh, IU guy, first of all, the biggest qualifier for him, in my opinion, is that he was an OG Hoosier Huddle reader. Um, you know, that's top of the list, must must have on your resume. But um, he's an IU guy. I've heard he wants the IU job and, and things like that. Uh, and he. You know, but he does not have head coaching experience, and you would need to, you would need to have a big assistant coach pool, and maybe get a coordinator who has been a head coach, uh, who knows how how to do the, um, basically the head coaching duties and all that stuff. I would not be upset with Justin Fry, but there are a lot of other things that need to happen um, for him to be successful too. Uh, but going back to Paul Chris and Pat Fitzgerald, those are two names that have, you know, started to circulate and, and things like that. But, um, man, Paul Chris, I'll preface this by saying this. Indiana does not need to win the press conference. They need to win football games. Yep. Paul, Paul Chris will not win you a press conference unless it's like the most boring press conference ever contest. Um he's, uh, you know, he's won football games. He's won in the Big Ten. Yeah, it was in the Big Ten West. Um, there's a good article on why he was let go at Wisconsin on The Athletic from last year. I will share it. Um, I'll share it. It is subscription-based and all that stuff, and I, I'm pretty sure I hit my limit on sharing my free subscription uh, with people. But it goes into he was overly loyal, and, you know, he's um, – the, the offense was basically never evolved. It, it's almost like it would be Tom Allen 2.0 just in a gray crew neck sweatshirt. But if he could hire an offensive coordinator, he has been down at Texas as a uh, quality control assistant with Steve Sarkeesian. Uh, maybe he's learned something. Maybe he's ready to evolve, embrace the NIL, embrace the tra- transfer portal, and modernize the offense because you cannot run a smash-mouth offense at IU uh, like you did at Wisconsin unless you're pulling in those four or five-star offense alignment, which he started not to do um, You know, his last final years. There's also a story they had a, a four-star linebacker on campus for recruiting. And they just didn't have a recruiting department and the guy, nobody ever talked to him on his visit and all that stuff. And he ends up in Michigan and yeah, the rest is history. But um, Pat Fitzgerald, I, 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 I'm shocked that he's even in the the conversation given that uh, how his career at Northwestern ended. Uh, Not only was it unsuccessful, Outside of the 2020 season, you know, he had back-to-back, what was it, two and one win seasons. And then with all the off-field hazing stuff, I, I just – I don't know if IU is going to touch that with the 20-foot pole. However, how awesome would it be to be the team that Pat Fitzgerald leaves in the Big Ten for Big Ten Revenge Tour? That would be awesome. Um, you know, he, he Northwestern is a very, very difficult job to to win with. Um, but it's, I I think there's a lot of the, a lot of the off season, uh, off, off the field things and questions. And it it would just be a circus because it's still an ongoing lawsuit with Northwestern and he really hasn't addressed the media since then. So is, 
is it going to be focused on IU? He, he also hasn't embraced NIL, but, you know, Northwestern has some transfer rules that IU doesn't and, and things like that. So we'll see. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, 2021, 2022, he went three and nine and one and 11. I, I just, I don't know. I That 2019 year, I think IU beat him like 42 to nothing or something. I just. It's 37 I, to three. Yeah, he's he's never been anywhere besides Northwestern. It it's hard for me to see him being a guy that the fan base would get excited about after again you just paid the third largest buyout in the history of college football. You can't you're not gonna hire Pat Fitzgerald. You can't hire Pat Fitzgerald. I just I think even like Justin Fry would be if Justin Fry is your floor of this search, I think that's okay. If he's if he's the guy everyone says no and you go back to him, I think that's okay. You could get excited about him building from both lines, him knowing the program, him knowing the conference, knowing what it takes to win. But yeah, I like to your point, Sammy, you're going to have to really surround him with guys that have done this before. Otherwise it could go downhill pretty quickly, but. Well, well and that goes for any coach that IU brings in. You're going to have to increase the, the pool of money for assistance. Um, even if, you know, even if you had hired whatever, Nick Saban, it's never going to happen, but you know, one of the greatest, you're still going to have to have good assistant coaches. Um, so you know, we'll, we'll see. Um, well, let's see. Does anybody in the uh, chat have more questions? How about mm-hmm. Tyson Helton at, uh, Western Kentucky? He's put together some excellent offenses, uh, down there is, uh, nearly beaten IU a couple of times. Uh, in the last couple of years, but th- that's the type of offense you're probably going to need to to win at IU. Something that's difficult to pre- prepare for and makes people practice for it. Yeah, I could get around, or I could get. Again, it has to be something like that. You need a guy that has a clear identity. You know, has been a head coach and has had success being a head coach at those places. Um. Yeah, since he's been a head coach at Western Kentucky, the only time he's been a head coach, he's 39 and 26, 28 and 11 in the conference, 9 and 4, 5 and 7, 9 and 5, 9 and 5, 7 and 5. That's a guy, again, I think he's got the all time passing leader in the NCAA for his season. I think you could show a guy, this is my system. I know with better coaches and better recruits, I could make this work. I think that's the kind of thing that you have to to look for a guy that says, I know what my identity is and I know this will work at a bigger school, not I've been at a bigger school. So this will work. I want, do you have an identity that has worked that will work at a bigger school? Not, Oh, I've been at a bigger school. So I know how it works. No, it, you don't. It's, it's different now than it was even three years ago for Paul Chris and Pat Fitzgerald. Again, I think he won three games his last two years who knows if he was even on the hot seat in Northwestern because he's, you know, the golden child there, but they did force him out pretty quickly. And then the interim with the roster that went one and 11 last year went seven and five this year. So how good of a job was Pat Fitzgerald really doing? Um, Yeah. Health. And I like Tom Herman, Jamie. Yeah. I think you could warm up to a guy like Tom Herman. I think for most schools, you would say he was successful for Texas. They would say he was not successful Um, He's kind of fallen on a little bit of hard times at Florida Atlantic um, after getting off to kind of a hot start there. Um, 
yeah, four and eight this year after taking a break, but he was 32 and 18 at Texas, 22 and 13 in the league. And four years as their head coach, went seven and six, 10 and four, eight and five, seven and three. And he won four bowl games in four years. So um, Herman's a guy. He was before that, he was at Houston. Uh, so they poached him in state, but he was 13 and one and nine and three at Houston before Texas poached him. Um, yeah, I think you could get behind behind a guy like Herman. What I do like as, as well about Herman is he's kind of fiery. Uh, so I, I want a guy that's kind of going to snap and, and tell you how it is and say, no, that sucked or no, that's not okay. Or we played like shit and stuff like, like, I want that. You need a guy that's going to call people off for not coming to games and do that kind of stuff. Um, so, yeah, I think, yeah, to Luke and Jamie, I think both those guys are okay. But back to my initial point, I think it's easy to say, oh, you want to keep a lot of this roster. Well, you won three Rosters You won three conference games. So, I, you know, I'm sure Macaulay, Macaulay will get a million offers to leave. Lucas will probably leave. Like, you got to get the right guy. The right guy will find his next whoever. And the good teams seem to produce players like that all the time. So, for it's got to be the scheme and the guy and the program over – the individual players, as we've seen, there's talent on this team. The guys have played well, especially in the back half of the season, but I'm not hitching my wagon to any of the guys, any of the guys on this current roster that the new coach has to keep or bend over backwards to get the state in Indiana. I just, I don't see that happening. And you had a huge turnover with the roster last year anyway. So that's not how it works with the coaching chain. I'm not hitching my wagon to building the offense around anybody, really. Um, the new guy is going to bring in who he wants. So, um, yeah, I don't know. Sammy, I was thinking about it, though. Like, that kind of a, a question. If you had to keep, besides non-graduating guys or guys maybe that are a senior and will use an extra year, if you were able to kind of, like, franchise tag five guys from the current roster for the new coach, regardless of scheme or whatever to, to keep, who would your five be? And I, I have mine in mind already. I was thinking about it on my drive yesterday. Yeah. Um, Swordsby is probably the number one guy. I think you figured something out at quarterback and we've seen that that has been the issue for IU over the last couple of years. Um you know, inconsistency of quarterback injuries and stuff like that. He's proven to to be a warrior. He's made some throws, and it'd be nice to see what they can do with Soresby with a full spring of his, as him as QB1, a full fall camp with him as QB1 because the development from game one against Ohio State where they didn't throw the ball to – the last three games, yeah, the competition's different, but they had more confidence in him. He was making good throws. I know he threw three picks. He would be guy number one. Um, number two, probably EJ Williams. Um, you know, I think he has another year left. Uh, he's already – would be a grad transfer, wouldn't he? I think he has another year left. He, he's a big-body receiver. I thought he came on real well late in the season. Uh, number three is Philip Bleedy. He's your best defense alignment. Uh, he was your best defense alignment all year, and you need to build that unit 
Uh, number four, Jalen Lucas. Yeah, I I don't think he had a good year. I don't know if it was a confidence issue. He just he just never hit that second gear. You finally saw it yesterday in that 100-yard touchdown return, which, whatever, it's 98 yards. He fielded it at two, but you take it. Um, Jalen Lucas is guy number four. And then um, I, I, I don't know. One of the defensive backs who's Kobe Miner, something like that. Um there's not a lot of guys. It's hard to find five guys that I would say they I, we absolutely need to keep. Yeah, Donovan. I, I mean, Donovan McCauley is a, is another one. Yeah, I went kind of younger with mine, so mine would be Soresby. I thought Carter Smith actually had a pretty solid season at left tackle for redshirting last year, playing minimal games last year, and then starting full time this year in the Big Ten. I thought he was a good year at left tackle. So I'd do uh, Soresby and Smith. Offense uh, continued. I would do um, McCauley. I think I would pick him maybe even over Lucas, honestly, which sounds crazy, but I think that's kind of where I would go. Defense, Jordan Shaw for me was a guy that showed a lot, a lot of potential, and I would love to kind of keep him and keep building with him. Um, And then – I was between kind of either Lucas um, or um, or like Marcus Burris, I thought actually had a good year. But um, yeah, you probably go Lucas there. So four on offense and then Jordan Shaw, who I like. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Um, so that was kind of an interesting one I thought about. But Sammy, I think next year you have eight home games. So this especially with the portal opening on December 1st, if you get a guy in here. December 4th. 4th, sorry. Um, If you get a guy in here, he's probably – the candidates you're going to talk to already have their staffs in mind, right? So if they got a head coaching job, they know who they're calling or trying to bring. So all that stuff, enough at at least to make a move with coordinators and all that stuff would probably happen quickly. From there, you have to meet with the current roster, see – who's staying, who's going. If a guy like Swordsby or whatever doesn't fit your scheme, you probably have that conversation. But um, you have eight home games next year. Divisions are gone. You've paid, for now at least, you've paid $20 million to make this kind of a move. It seems like it's decently attractive, no? The the job? The job. I mean, yeah. Look, you're you're in the Big Ten for now. You're getting Big Ten money, and if IU is going to spend like a Big Ten program, yeah, the job's attractive, and you have some pieces. I don't think this was an untalented IU team. This was not the 2021 team that just got um, that just got decimated by injuries, and you're going well. You had Donovan McCulley playing quarterback, and uh, who was it? Graham uh, Grant Gremmel. Uh, starting, you know, the the bucket game that year and stuff like that. Yeah, I think it's a it's an attractive job, but you need Indiana to say, hey, this is what we're doing, and this is we're we're having a vision, and uh, we're joined by by TJ who uh, has been working on this hot board for a while. TJ, welcome, uh, welcome to the show. Uh, quickly, what was your uh, response 
to to today's news and then uh, take us through your hot board. Uh, response to uh, Tom Allen being let go would be um, a, a bit of melancholy. Uh, I, I wish that it would have worked out. Um, I think that it's fair to uh, acknowledge that Tom Allen, in my opinion, did not fail uh, as a hire. Um, when you look historically at what Indiana football coaches have done, uh, Tom Allen, while, again, my opinion, not the best, uh, I think Bill Mallory would get the nod there, um, better than, than average for Tom Allen. Um, now that that's equal parts an indictment of what Indiana football has been historically, uh, and also, you know, a, a credit to Tom Allen for, um, I think a few very good seasons. Um, so a bit of melancholy that it, it did not work out, uh, because I, I was rooting for him, um, just as a person, I, I wanted to see Tom Allen succeed. Um, and I think that he is a guy that outside of results on the field represents a lot of what you would like as your head coach at Indiana. Um, however, I think that it's also very fair to go back to the entire point of Tom Allen's job at the end of, you know, when we're evaluating everything is to win football games. Um, that can be considered fair or not fair that other things like graduating players, being a good representative of the university, uh, those things are important, but they are ultimately secondary to winning football games. That's the primary reason that Tom Allen was hired was to win. Um, and over the past three seasons, that clearly did not happen enough. Um, and it became clear, started to become clear last season. And for me, really clarified itself um, during the Akron game when Indiana was very fortunate to beat a program that has historically been one of the worst um, in the country, did not have any expectations to perform well this season, and ultimately did go 2-10, and ten, uh, and IU was fortunate to beat them. Um, so you, you started to think, well, this this might go real sideways here. Um, and then it did, uh, you know, over the past four games, you knew that IU had to run the table to get to a bowl game and that it kind of felt like that was the only thing that was going to be enough to save Tom Allen's job was winning out, uh, to get to six and six in the past three weeks, they have done everything possible to make sure that they lose uh, finding ways to lose is kind of a common theme that we've had uh, over these past few weeks. It's been defensive collapses, uh, 
you know, uh, costly mistakes by the offense, costly mistakes by special teams, um, leads being blown in the fourth quarter, just all the telltale signs of a, a program that's not particularly well coached. Um, so when you find out, you know, early this morning that, um, hey, Tom Allen has is, is been let go by Indiana, not at all surprising, um, which is why, you know, for the past several months, we've been working on a on a coaching hot board um, that our, our hope with this uh, is to kind of put down the candidates that we feel uh, would be of interest to Indiana and would also have some interest in the IU job. So guys that could be hired, you know, we're not going to put Kirby smart number one on IU's hot board. Uh, That's not a a realistic candidate. So hopefully the guys that we've listed on our hot board are uh, more or less realistic candidates. This is not the list that we would say, Oh, these are our, you know, if we were making the hire, hires one, two, and three, it's the guys that we think will be candidates for this Indiana job. Um, so kind of separated them out into categories. Um, the sort of most likely uh, finalists, and then a couple that are sort of wild card candidates, and then a couple that we put on there. If I use going to make like a major commitment to Indiana football and go out and try to hire somebody for eight, $9 million a season. That brings a different pool of candidates into the equation. Uh, so we listed a couple of those candidates away as well. Guys like um, Dave Clawson at Wake Forest, uh, Jamie Chadwell um, at uh, Liberty, uh, possibly a Willie Fritz at Tulane. Um, coaches that, on the face of it would be terrific hires. Um, probably not the most likely of scenarios. Uh, so we'll start at the top with our, our most likely candidates. Um, and I just jumping on here. So I don't know if you guys have discussed any of these, but I'll just kind of read the names and we can go from there. Uh, Justin Fry, who is, uh, at Ohio state, um, former Indiana player. Uh, He has coached with Ohio State with Ryan Day and uh, with Chip Kelly at UCLA. Um, He's uh, a name that that would definitely be interested in stepping up to a head coaching position. Obviously the biggest knock, (coughs) excuse me, biggest knock with him, he does not have head coaching experience. So that, is something that we believe is important to Indiana in this search is to find an experienced head coach that knows how to run a program. Uh, Justin Fry has been around those guys, but he has not been that guy. Uh, Second. And again, these are not in order. It's just kind of in a category. Sean Lewis currently at Colorado, former head coach at uh, Kent state, Chuck Martin, uh, current head coach at Miami of Ohio, uh, Kurt Signetti, head coach at James Madison, who certainly appears uh, like Syracuse is um, 
going hard after him, which makes a lot of sense for them. Uh, John Summerall, current head coach at Troy, uh, former Kentucky player, so it's not uh, a little bit of a geographical tie-in there. He's got some experience in the vicinity of Indiana. Uh, And then Pat Fitzgerald, former Northwestern head coach, and Paul Christ, former head coach at Wisconsin. So um, that, if you would have a, quote, finalist's, uh, those are ones that I think are most likely to be the primary candidates for this job. A lot of yeah. care about Jason Candell, uh, Candle um, at Toledo. I, I have reservations about him that I think yours will be the same, TJ, but a lot of people asking why not hire the guy that has a good record at a smaller school. What's the answer to that? Yep. Uh, so to get an answer to that question, and this is my opinion, um, I think that comes down to looking at the resources that Toledo has in comparison to their Mac counterparts. Uh, Toledo, historically and currently, that is the uh I don't know what best program, but that is the program with the most resources, the most talent, um, the best recruiting in that conference is Toledo. And that's kind of the case regardless of who the coach is. Um, so I, yeah, with, with Jason Candle, um, the record looks really good, but how much is that due to him? And how much is that due to where he's coaching? Yeah. Um, and I think that that is sort of the primary consideration for why I personally would not pursue him as a candidate. Um, he does have head coaching experience. He has won games. It, it would not be the worst idea in the world, but I think that those are the red flags that kind of make it much less obvious than it would appear to be. Yep. I agree. So I think that's kind of our thoughts, why we have maybe hesitations about him. I think you didn't really see a Michigan state or a Syracuse. It seems like Syracuse at this point is going to go with either Signetti at James Madison or at Holy cross, excuse me, or. uh, Signetti's James Madison. Whoever the Holy Cross guy is, then that's the guy that they're apparently talking to. Uh, Bob Chesney. Yeah. Is, so, uh, is yep. Holy Cross. Yeah. Yeah. So, Syracuse apparently is talking to both him and Dan Mullen, who obviously was at Florida, Mississippi State, and then ESPN now. Um, that's an interesting one, I think, for IU. I think we kind of heard rumblings, true or not, last year that he was kind of interested in the Indiana job. So, right. Maybe that's one that will circulate or you'll have to talk about. But yeah, I think you hit on kind of what we already talked about, TJ. It's got to be a guy that has been a head coach before. I think if Fry is kind of the floor of your search, I think that's probably a pretty good search. But I think you need a guy that's proven he has a real identity that things can work in Indiana. Yeah, I think Justin Fry, uh, you would definitely feel more comfortable making that move if Justin Fry had been a 
head coach at um, Kent State or a head coach at um, somewhere in Ohio, let's say Miami of Ohio, um, that that is the biggest red flag for him. And it is a big one because having head coaching experience does not guarantee that you know what you're doing. Um, but it, it does allow for an evaluation by Scott Dolson to know, okay, I know that Justin Fry is capable of running an organization, uh, which is, that's what a football program is, um, at, at the level that you have to compete in, in the FBS or in the big 10. Um, I think it's not necessarily about, (laughs) Oh, he's been a head coach for four seasons and this was his record. That, that matters again, bottom line is winning games. So that matters. But in, in a case of like a Jason candle, that record I, I tend to think of it like wins above replacement level um, in the, an advanced metric that you see in a lot of different sports, but like is Jason Candle just an average coach accomplishing exactly what an average coach would accomplish at Toledo? Yeah. And Houston, Houston just came open too. Dana Hogerson just got fired. So that okay. that's another job that IU is competing against. Um, that's probably at, on a more of a similar level. Yep. So, I I, I want to get to the question. I think it's Big Daddy Hoosier. Um, yeah, or Daddy Hoosier uh, asked, and we we've talked about a lot with you with with Alex, but not with you, TJ. What else needs to happen for IU football to be successful? Because just a head coaching change hasn't worked in the past sure um we talk about the assistant pool we talk about facilities and, and investment and you know what that goes looks like and scheduling and all that stuff what else needs to happen um from from the athletic department the ad the president to make indiana football successful okay um so i'm gonna play the hits here um it's going to be number one is NIL. Um, and these may or may not be an exact order uh, of importance, but NIL is now critical. Um, if, if you cannot be competitive in that space, you're going to have a really hard time recruiting. Um, and if you have a hard time attracting talent, good luck winning games. Um, you know, it's not impossible to consistently win while having significantly less talent than your opposition, it's not impossible, but almost. Um, so Indiana's really needs to find a way to have competitive NIL budget in the Big Ten. Um, I think the second bullet point there is going to be uh, your overall coaching salary pool. Um, whoever IU hires, that head coach needs to know 
I can build the staff that I want. It it cannot be, well, okay, you've got um, X amount of money to work with, and that head coach candidate comes back and says, well, I know I won't be able to get this candidate for my offensive coordinator. I know I won't be able to get this guy for my recruiting coordinator. And I know I won't be able to get this guy for special teams coach, whatever, um, with that budget. So I'll have to go to my third option for, for that job. That's, that's going to put that coaching staff into a hole right away. Um, so it's got to be a, a competitive staff budget that provides that new head coach with exactly what it is that he needs to fill out the staff the way he wants to. Um, the The third thing is going to be the facilities. A lot gets made about having a you know football only weight room. Um, I don't know how much it matters, but um, it it is a problem. It's a problem that IU cannot show recruits their current practice facility. Yeah, that's, that's the problem. That's a the big football, deal. The football only facility, I'd rather, if it's going to take a million dollars to just put up a divider, I'd rather that million dollars go into NIL. That's sure. just me. I, I think it's better spent there. But yeah, it, the indoor facility is not even on the website. Like it's not even listed under facilities on the website. It needs they to be. They know it's embarrassing. Yes, they know it. They know it needs to be redone. Um, how much money they're willing to pour into it, we'll see. But right now, uh, like you said, NIL is the name of the game. And uh, we just just had a fundraising drive with, with Hoosiers Connect and, and Hoosiers for Good. That was a, a million dollar match. They hit $500,000 on in a day that got matched to a million that campaign's continuing uh, through the end of the year. So if you're looking to donate, if you're inspired now with the coaching change to donate to NIL, uh, Hoosiers connect Hoosiers for good is a good place to do it. But yeah, it's, it's an NIL game that that's what it is. And, And the next coach, I think, you don't have to praise NIL or what you just have to know how to do it. Um, and, and use it and, and fundraise and things like that. Um, you know, the, the department is spending a lot of money to get rid of it, Tom Allen. You can't half-ass it and say, hey, we're going to go cheap the rest of the way because then what was the point of firing Tom Allen? Yeah, let, let me chime in with the question here on facilities. Um, Sammy, do you believe that there is – uh, that there has been or have been funds given to upgrade facilities that maybe will become to fruition. There, there is a uh, a rumor that that was done, but would not move forward with Tom Allen as head coach. Do you, without knowing specifics, but do you think that there is validity to? Um, Indiana football is going to have an upgrade of some sort in facilities that will be coming with the new coach. I mean, I, I'll put it simply. I'll believe it when I see it. 
Um, that's just, we've always heard this about Indiana. For, oh, we're gonna we're gonna do this. We're gonna do that, and it usually hasn't um, come to fruition. But yeah, I've heard those rumors too, which is unfortunate because what would Tom Allen be able to do if he had those resources? If you had an indoor facility, if you had a, you know um, a coaching pool where you could go and replace good coordinators with great coordinators and stuff like that. Um, but you know, that, that, that ship has sailed. Um, I will believe it when I see it, when they announce a plan, when Scott Dolson finally talks in, in public about the football program, which he has not done since August of 2022, when he comes out and there's no press conference scheduled today, none, there hasn't even been a release, uh, from the university. Uh, it, it's, I will believe it when I see it and hopefully, um, they have a press conference. I'll take a PTO day and, and get down there and, and ask those questions that need to be asked about facilities and, and all that stuff. But yeah, TJ, to answer your question in a sentence, I'll believe it when I see it. I would agree, agree with all of that. But the yeah. only thing I would say is that the indoor facility is not why you played conservatively against Penn state or tried to kick a field goal yesterday and any of that sure. stuff. But yeah, it's yeah, important yep. for sure. I do have another candidate quickly, TJ, before I, I want to ask you a question, Sammy and I talked about, what do we think about Brad Stevens? Oh, well, yeah. I mean, he, um, he'd be a good football GM. And he yeah, could pay GM. <laughs> GM. Now the issue that we run into with, with Brad Stevens, uh, he is a mass hole now. Uh, yeah. Um, that much discussed term. Uh, don't know how that would play. <laughs> Um, but Hey, the, the dream is still out there. I don't think IU football should hire him just so that, you know, our, our basketball program will always have kind of the, the golden unicorn to dream about. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think we should keep that alive so as not to kill hope. Yeah. That's okay. yeah. Yeah. That's, that's one I could see. Um, yeah. yeah. Um, th- I, let's, let's, uh, kind of go into these realistic candidates just a little bit. Um, so Justin Fry, uh, Sean Lewis, um, and I'm scrolling through this here, Pat Fitzgerald, Paul Christ, uh, current, you know, what's something they all have in common, not current head coaches. Uh, but, you know, Three of those guys have been head coaches previously. Sean Lewis left Kent State uh, voluntarily to work for Colorado. Um, by all accounts, that will be a one-year stop in Boulder. Yeah. Um, don't know where he's going to go. He'll either be a head coach somewhere else or he'll be an offensive coordinator somewhere else. Uh, it's not hasn't been the the rosiest of relationships with coach prime. It would appear Um, despite early season success for that offense, he was stripped of play calling duties uh, and the offense has gotten worse. Um, That's probably a combination of their diminishing depth as well as, uh, you know, defense is getting a look at Shudor Sanders and, uh, a different play caller that has not done as well as Sean Lewis did uh, had success at Kent state, which is something that rarely occurs 
Um, I think that the biggest, the two biggest things for Sean Lewis going in his favor would be attractive brand of football, uh, you know, lots of points, um, probably questionable defense. So perhaps a throwback to Kevin Wilson here uh, without some of the other off-field issues, maybe. Um, and then he won at Kent State, which is, you know, I think a check mark in his favor because that's a program where he had to do it with less resources than his opponents most Saturdays, um, which obviously apt comparison for Indiana. Um, so Sean Lewis is there. Paul Christ, former Wisconsin head coach, and then Pat Fitzgerald, former Northwestern head coach. Uh, both of them not head coaches this season. Pat Fitzgerald for the scandal before the year um, that broke. And then Paul Christ uh, has been a special assistant to Steve Sharkeesian at uh, Texas. So let's go to Sammy and Alex uh, thoughts on, and we'll start with Paul Christ. Yeah, I think between him and Fitzgerald, I think he's the one I can warm up to a little bit more. I don't know. You and I have talked about it, but he definitely got a good dose of reality of what the portal and NIL and all that stuff is like at Texas. He's, he's seen that firsthand. I'm sure with the Arch Manning visits and all that, all that stuff with, what it takes to get players like that. Um, really, really successful at Wisconsin, but Sammy and I talked about it at the beginning. I mean, he was let go for essentially not embracing the current state of college football, not embracing modern recruiting, um, and literally got let go mid-season during a solid season after a solid run of success. So to see a guy after you pay 20-odd million dollars to, to fire Allen, is he a guy that gets people excited i don't know i think six and six under paul christ is probably a very real consistent possibility which i think is exciting i think you'd see a competent team that could tackle which would be a you know departure from yesterday but yeah. is that sexy i don't know i think it's a lot like a bielema to illinois hire i think it's a guy that you would say is gonna build from both lines first is gonna recruit the Midwest, knows the Big Ten. I don't know. I don't think you need to do that as much anymore, but I don't know. I think out of that group of four, I would pick Lewis. He, Kent State has been playing football since 1920. He was the only guy to win a bowl game there. They've been to yeah. four, and he's the only guy to do it. So, uh, yeah, to your point, though, I think offense would be good. I think you'd have a system that would be fun to watch. Mm -hmm. The challenge for him would be, you know, I, the Colorado thing seems like a zoo. You already have guys resigning today, but yeah, um, are you going to come in and stabilize the program and and have any semblance of momentum? Um, because it seemed like a weird weird stop this year and probably didn't go as he planned. Yeah, well, I, I'm Chris. It's you're not going to win the press conference, which shouldn't be the goal for Indiana is to win football games. Also, um, that's a candidate who you might want to hire a football GM for who runs NIL, who looks at recruiting um, and things like that. And that also costs money. Uh, you're also, we haven't talked about this yet either. 
what's going to happen to Aaron Wel- Wellman? Are they going to take a, a look at the strength staff as well? It's something that has, you, you know, when David Ballou and, and Dr. Ray left for Alabama, it's something that really hasn't gotten back up to that level. And it's been a hard ask to, to replace those guys because they're probably the best two strength coaches in the, in the country. Um, Pat Fitzgerald, I, I'd be shocked if IU touches him with a 20-foot pole. Uh, he has been a name that's been floating around, but with all the off off season stuff and coming out of the whole Kevin Wilson, we need to not be mean to people and stuff like that. Do you, do you really, it, it's, you're going right back to, to the Kevin Wilson era um, in, in terms of personality, uh, you know, on the field, off the field, hazing stuff. I, I just don't think IU sticks their head in that that mud. Um, Sean Lewis probably wants, like you said, TJ wants to get out of Colorado. It's been a mess. He was removed from play calling duties. Uh, he's a guy, like Alex said, he's, you know, he's won the only bowl game at Kent State. Um, so, yeah. you know, it, there, there's a lot of good options. We'll see what happens. I do believe this will move quickly. Uh, as the portal opens on December 4th, I believe, um, you know, now that Allen is gone, that IU players could start entering their name into the portal immediately. <laughs> so that's something to keep an eye on as well. Um, but, you know, anytime you fire a guy, have the guy resign, you need to have a, a pocket list. And hopefully that's what IU has. And we'll see. But it can't just be the head coach. It needs to be an investment all around the program. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think whoever you are going to hire, there needs to be a meeting, um, you know, an interview, whatever you're going to call it, with that head coach where you need to get an honest answer yep. from that candidate. Here, give us a list of things that you need to make this job work, to yep. make this program successful. What are those things? Give us your plan, and what do you need to accomplish that plan? Now, that sounds like very basic. Well, of course you need to do that, yes. The second step is to get him those things. That's the second step. You have to hire the person that you believe has the plan to make it work, hire the person that you believe is capable of executing that plan and then give him the resources that he needs to execute his plan. That includes the funding, that includes uh, NIL stuff, that includes facilities, that includes his staff, uh, that includes the schedule. Um, I mean, there's, there is absolutely zero reason, and we've talked about this ad nauseum, no need to go over it again. There's zero reason for IU to schedule anything other than three as close as you can get to guaranteed wins in the non-conference. And then you keep begging the Big Ten for, you know, a fourth non-conference game, which is not going to happen, but still, you you keep begging. Um, that That has to occur, and if you don't allow a coach to execute his plan, it doesn't really matter who they hire. So um, 
Uh, I'm excited to see how this plays out. I do think, uh, what is it, December 5th, the portal opens yeah, in fourth, general? Yeah. Fourth? The fourth. Yep. So you've got to have everything in place before then. Uh, yep. End of the week, yeah. 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 By the end of the it'll, week. It'll happen quick. And TJ, we have about five minutes here, but want to get some final thoughts from everybody. But um, you figure this moves quick, Sammy. Like, it's got to be – we're going to start probably know. hearing hearing things next week, early. early. I, I would – I would think you'd start hearing things tomorrow. Yeah. Um, it, it's you, whatever. When's December 4th? Uh, it's coming because December 1st is on Friday. Um, I, I think you got, I think they have a guy by the end of the week. Um, that's just my, you know, maybe by Friday. Uh, I don't know the basketball schedule. I know they play today. I know they play on Friday. So maybe there's a midweek, uh, midweek hiring and stuff like that. But Scott Dolson needs to address the press and there needs to be questions asked and, and hard questions asked and stuff like that. So we'll see. Uh, but Alex, I do want to give you a, a programming update on Dylan Powell. He is traveling home from the holidays today, uh, but he is open to joining us later in the week. So uh, we will try and get him on a podcast later in the week to discuss it. He has been very vocal on social media about uh, his support for Tom Allen and then the lack of support coming from, um, you know, the, the department and the school towards the football program and Tom Allen. So it should be an interesting conversation uh, with the former Hoosier offensive lineman, Dylan Powell. Uh, there have been players already on social media with whatever looking eyes, decisions, uh, you know, tweeting and guys who, you know, could be building blocks for the future. But uh, yeah, let's get to final thoughts and wrap it up. Uh, Thanks everybody for joining in, the, in all the comments. Yeah, uh, I'll start. I think I'll summarize my thoughts and then I'll go with who I want and who I think. Uh, so I think that would be a good format. Uh, open the show with it. Sad day, but a, a day I think we knew was coming and a day that that had to come. Um, love Tom. And I think he had the most wins since Mallory uh, for an IU coach. Um but you can't get an extension and then go three and 24 and in conference play. And I understand he's a great guy and we all felt really good after the 2020 season and we gave him an extension and you were, you were feeling good about adding resources and stuff like that, but you can't win three conference games in three years and expect me to be okay with it. I don't care where we are historically. His job is to win games and, and we didn't do that. And you can blame whoever you want and any factor you want, but you're the head coach and, and that's how it goes. So it's a business. I think the last couple of days, it seems like from what we've heard, we're starting to treat it more like that, but Scott has to get it right. And a lot of athletic directors don't get to make three football hires. And right. so he's, he's got to get this right. So um, I guess for candidates who I want, I think my top candidate would probably be Jamie Chadwell at Liberty I don't know how realistic that is. He has pretty good resources right now. I'm sure he's looking ahead to next year, like all guys are, but there's there's going to be carousel movement every year, so it's hard to predict what will open, and there's always openings that you aren't anticipating. Yeah. Who I think it will be probably Fry, which I think is okay. Um, 
I think if, if Scott comes out with the vision and says, you know, we're going to give him a bunch of money to hire coordinators that have been head coaches and all that stuff. Again, I think I could excite myself to that hire. The only guys I don't think I could get myself excited for at this point would be Chris Fitzgerald and Candle. Um, probably Chuck Martin, but I don't know. I'm hoping, I hope when we take a big swing and you get a guy that other schools want, but there's going to be more openings in the coming days, probably even today. So I'm sure they've already been talking to guys and have had feelers put out there, but um, Scott's got to get it right. And with eight home games next year and the portal and NIL, we've seen other schools flip their roster pretty quickly. So it's definitely doable, but um, TJ go, go to you here. Um, I, I, Paul Christ is not necessarily exciting, um, but I do. I think Paul, Paul Christ, Christ is an a exciting, logical. Never be in the same sentence, right? <laughs> I, I think, and that that matters, but I do think Paul Christ is a logical hire. Um, I I think that you could, if you were attempting to put yourself into the, you know, the shoes of Scott Dolson. I think you could relatively easily get to, you know, a decision where you look and say, Paul Christ is the guy I'm going to hire to improve the program. Do I think that Paul Christ would improve Indiana football given proper resources? Yes, I do. Um, I think that Paul Christ would have Indiana as a uh, consistent bowl team. Um, is that what you're shooting for? I mean, if you're hiring Paul Chris to, you know, have Indiana winning eight or nine games a year, uh, that's very likely not going to happen. I I think a pessimistic person would say, well, yeah, that's not going to happen with whoever you hire here. That's probably true. Um, so I think Paul Christ is safe and logical. Um, and I do think that is ultimately who they end up hiring. Uh, now I am a person that enjoys watching a team run the ball like 30 times a game. Uh, I, I like that. Um, so that wouldn't be the worst thing in the world to me. Uh, Again, I, I can understand why it would be a letdown or something that would uh, not necessarily get people to, you know, uh, call it into the ticket office to reserve their season tickets. I get it. Um, but I do think that Paul Christ would be a, a hire that makes sense and would ultimately work pretty well. Um the the person that I personally would select, Chadwell's great. I don't think that's an option. Um, I do think that South Carolina opens after this next season. Um, they went five and seven. Uh, Shane Beamer is losing Spencer Rattler, and they really don't have anything else. Uh, so their schedule's hard next year. I don't see it improving for them. So that job's going to open and Chadwell, you know, 
coached at Coastal Carolina uh, in the state. So I, I think he's probably going to go there. Um, I think Willie Fritz could be gettable. Uh, you, you could, with Big Ten money, if you said, hey, we're going to invest, you could more than double what he's making at Tulane. Yep. And uh, dude's won everywhere he's been. Yep. Sam Houston State, Georgia Southern, and Tulane, which was a complete dumpster. Yeah. Before Willie Fritz went there. And he knows how to build a program and he does it with an offense that is a little bit unique. Um, I mean, look, it's hard to say any offense totally different nowadays, but um, I think Willie Fritz would be fantastic. Uh, he's a little bit on the older side, but I mean, he, he doesn't have one foot in the grave here. Okay. I, that's the biggest comment that I've seen as a knock against him is, Oh yeah, he's in his sixties. Well, Okay, he's winning. He continues to win. He wins everywhere he goes. If you follow what he tells you he needs, you're going to win. Like, that would be great. I think it's going to be Chris. And if that's what it ultimately comes to, I would say, hey, what's your plan to make that work? And then I'd I'd be excited for it. So um, we'll see. I agree with you. They've... I think IU is aware they need to have things in place quickly yeah. uh, to to give the new coach a chance to build his staff and build his roster. Uh, and on, on the site side of it, uh, <laughs> buckle up. We're going to, we're going to be busy. Yeah. Yeah. We are going to be busy. Um, so keep coming back to HoosierHuddle.com. Follow us on Twitter at Hoosier underscore huddle. If you haven't already, uh, subscribe to our YouTube channel. Uh, give us some likes there. You can subscribe to our podcast uh, anywhere you listen to our podcast. We'll have a bunch coming out here in the next month or so. Uh, and then, you know, finally, my final thoughts on it. Yeah, I would take Willie Fritz in a heartbeat. Um, but, yeah, it needs to be – you need to supplement it with support from the athletic department as well. And it's not just a – here's – Here's the key to the car, but you have to go buy the steering wheel, you know, the spare tire, the gas. Oh, yeah, and it needs an oil change. And and you got to, um, you know, fix the windshield uh, and, and stuff like that. So we'll see. Uh, it's 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 been a uh, crazy 24 hours, and we'll see where it goes. But it's stick with us. We'll have all your, your stuff updated. Alex, close this out. Yeah, Tulane, uh, new AD as of five days ago. So if you want to swoop in there while they're getting the house in order, I think that's a really good option. I think Chadwell and Fritz, I talked about at the top, are probably the guys I want the most. Uh, I'll, I'll talk myself into anybody who am I kidding at this point. So I know I will. I think except for Pat Fitzgerald, I think regardless of the off the field stuff, a guy that was one and 11 last year at Northwestern and then his interim coach went seven and five. I just can't, can't get behind Pat Fitzgerald who's been nowhere besides Northwestern. Um, I don't know. Again, it had to happen. We've talked about for, I think it's her either third or fourth year, but uh, the university president, Pam Witten, you know, part of what made her attractive, I think to a lot of people was that she said she understood the importance of football 
and it's time. It's not getting any easier. It never does. But with where things are heading now, you have to, you have to be confident <laughs> and it has to be now. So Scott has to get it right. I hope he does get it right. He's made a lot of good decisions. He's made a lot of bad decisions. Most like most, you know, just like everyone else in life, but you are hired and you're in this position to hire the right football coach. And if you're the athletic director at a big 10 university, you have to make the right hire for your football coach. And yep. it's time. He will be redeemed and rewarded forever if he does it properly. And if he doesn't in four years, when the, the guy he hires is on the hot seat again, the next guy will have to sell you uh, on a vision to maybe a new athletic director. But it'll be crazy. Well, you'll see lots of rumors floating around. Um, we'll give you the the good stuff and the correct stuff. So, so keep coming back to us. But um, lots, lots more to come on the site. So please keep coming back. Yeah, on. one final Are thing. Are you saying don't believe every coaching rumor on X? Yeah, no, Mark Stoops is actually in College Station right now. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Yep. All right. Freeze up my All afternoon, right. I guess. <laughs> yep. Uh, one final thing. I, I do want to thank Coach Allen. He, he led us into the program uh, with a, a, a handful of one-on-one uh, interviews. He's been a, a joy to cover. Uh, a good person. I've taken a lot of lessons from him and his LEO stuff and taken it to my personal life and to uh, my professional life. So thank him for that. But um, it was time for change. And we'll be back uh, talking about it whenever a hire is made. And uh, we'll try and get Dylan Powell on next week as well. So thanks for joining us. And uh, we'll be back. Keep checking HoosierHuddle.com. We have the hot board up, a look back at the Tom Allen era and then, of course, the, the news that broke this morning that Tom Allen will not uh, be returning as head coach of Indiana football in 2024. We'll have all the updates from the transfer portal, recruiting as well. Uh, Ethan Roberts is, is starting to reach out to recruits and getting comments from them on this. So uh, enjoy the rest of your Sunday and, and keep it here.